Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Okay, um, so Ambitions was inspired by Romans 15. Can we open Romans 15, Romans 15, 20, um, particularly if we have the ESV, if that's possible? If you are there, say amen. All right, let me just go straight into it. So it says, but, at, but on some points, I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. Sorry, Romans 15, 15. I didn't say it, Abby. No vex. Romans 15, 15. So I'm in 17 now. In Christ Jesus then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. Hallelujah. So this, our series ambitions was inspired by Romans 15, 20. And Paul basically, he's summarizing this um, dissertation on the gospel. And he's telling them that uh, he, he has finished explaining the gospel from, you know, from one to um, 14 now, and now he's telling them that he has made it his ambition to preach the gospel where Christ has not been named. That he recognizes that he has been graced, and um, Romans 1 5, he says he has received grace and apostleship for um, the work of the gospel, to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. So he knew his purpose, he knew what he was called to do. Hallelujah. And this word, when I was reading, and to be candid with you, this particular text has haunted me for the past three years. Because when we um, started the tribe of Uja, one of the things the Lord told us is we should not, um, you know how um, Christian culture, a form of evangelism is really just poaching. You're just like my church, we sing Hillsong. You understand? <laughs> we no longer, it's, it's poaching. Like, can you leave them? Like, there are billions of people that don't know Christ yet. Can we reach them? Do you understand? So the Lord told us, Let's not even try that nonsense. Do you understand? Like trying to get other people and in your mind you've evangelized. That is not evangelism. Do you understand? So for the longest time, and I've been trying to teach that, that we are called to go into the wild. Um, Matthew 9, the Lord says that I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. So be as gentle as doves and be as wise as serpents. Why would the Lord be sending sheep to wolves? Right? Um, it's because, number one, he's not sending us alone. The great shepherd is going to accompany us. But I believe that um, the tribe, Lagos, Abuja, the entire house has an apostolic, let me define that too. I'm not saying, you get, before, before someone comes and say, yeah, uh, Pastor Jesse said he's an apostle now. I mean, um, um, I'm saying that we have an apostolic grace. And what I mean by that is that I believe the Lord has gifted us and graced us with a vision to reach the unreached, to reach people that are far from him. 
in, he was telling them um, in the Bible that I said, I have sheep, Jesus now. I said, I have sheep that are, not, that are not of this flock. But Jesus was called to the Jews first. It was, he empowered his people, the apostles, to go into the world, right? Acts 1.8, they, they were like, Lord, um, at, 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 at what time are you going to come back? When is the rapture? And Jesus was like, that is not your business. Your business is this, but the power of the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Everyone say, to the ends of the earth. Do you know, for some time, they followed this, and they just kept on enjoying the Holy Spirit, and they just stayed in Jerusalem. Jesus had to use hunger to wake Peter up and tell him that this gospel was not supposed to just be for the Jews. So Peter was hungry and he was praying and because someone had hosted him, we know the story, right? In the book of Acts, he was waiting for food and, you know, hunger can do so many things. He's, he has this vision where um, animals are dropped from the heavens and the Lord asks him to kill and eat and he says it's an unclean. And the Lord tells him, do not call what I've made clean. Um, do not call what I've made clean unclean. And at the same time, a man was having a vision and an angel appeared to him, right? And told him to call, to send for Peter. He sends for Peter. Peter comes, he preaches to him. As he is preaching, the power of the Holy Spirit hits him and his family. Bless, um, amazing testimony. When he went back home, do you know they called a meeting? Imagine calling the bishop and like, how dare you go and preach to the Gentiles? Um, they are called the Judaizers. The people who believed that the gospel at the time was only for the circumcised Jews. Say, how dare you go and preach? And he said, listen, this was what happened. As I started to preach, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. And for them, that was the evidence that God was started, you know, starting to reach the Gentiles. Do you know, still that did not make them move. It took the death of Stephen for them because after the, after the death of um, Stephen, there was now, like, um, they started um, actively persecuting the Christians. And started, the Bible tells us they started to scatter and they started to spread. It was then that the gospel started to spread. So we now had people like Philip that met the Ethiopian eunuch and now went to the city of Samaria. And after Philip preached in Samaria, we are told that there was great joy in the city. Hallelujah. Then God now had to anoint people like Paul and tell him that you will be my messenger to the Gentiles. The Gentiles, don't forget, it's you and I. You understand? Paul, one man single-handedly transformed the, the whole of Europe. Just that ambition. And this, I believe, um, like I said, it has been haunting me for the past three years because there, there are so many people that are still not reached. Um, we our, our outreach ministry in Abuja is called Compassion, and um, Eva leads it. And um, we have three projects, four projects that we, we, we are hosting in Compassion. There's Compassion Bank, where we gather food, clothing, and give to, um, I don't like using the word less privileged, but so that's you get the less privileged. Uh, there's Compassion for the North, where we sponsor missionaries, and by the grace of God, we've been sponsoring six missionaries throughout the last uh, 2021. Um, I mean, like deep in the villages where, like, these herdsmen or bandits or whatever literally attack them every day. And um, 
It's Compassion for the North, Compassion for the City. Last Christmas, we partnered with three, two other churches, um, and we bought 1,500 meals and went to Wuse. If you guys know Abuja, I went to Wuse Market, and we're just sharing and just preaching the gospel. That's Compassion for the North, Compassion for the City, and Compassion for the Free, which is our outreach ministry to prisons. We partner with another ministry because we don't know how to go about that. And he has been doing that. And honestly, we just raised sometimes just a, about a hundred thousand naira. And you see 10, 12 people are able to be free from, um, what's the word? They're, they're able to be granted bail. Some of these people are in prison because of 500 naira. One, I know some of you lawyers will know what I'm talking about. Like some people don't even know why they're in jail. Like, they were telling us a testimony about someone that he doesn't know why he's in jail. The warden doesn't know why he is in jail. He has been there for, I think, two years. But the ministry we partner with in Kaduna, um, um, Spokesman, I don't know if any of you know Spokesman from here. I know you know Spokesman. Um, he runs a ministry called Light Work, and he's doing, like, deep jungle ministry. I mean, like, he's, he is preaching, to, and not just preaching, he's, seeing, he's discipling former drug addicts. The day before yesterday, he called me and told me that for some, he just paid a seminary fees of someone that didn't even know what the book of Genesis was. This was a chronic, like he said sometimes, these boys, they come from NDLA headquarters in ABJ to come and pick them up from the deep jungles of Kaduna. And now he's paying for the seminary fees of one of them. He told me, I think someone just paid for, I um, can't remember the amount, thousands of Bibles, though. He said every, fr <clears throat> every Friday, they organize fellowships in some of these places. And he said that they called him um, the pastor of Deng Iskas, I can't, I don't know how to say it fully in Iskas. But if you understand what that means, it's like the pastor of bastards. That's, they've been shunned by society. They are the misfits and they are the outcasts. He was telling me, Jesse, there are places I will enter in Kaduna. He's, he's, he's an ordained minister, he's an ordained pastor. He said, there are places I will enter in Kaduna. If you touch me, they will kill you. Because of how much they love him. Everybody had shunned them, family, friends, but he is reaching out to them with the gospel. But he's not just deserting them. He's literally doing this work of going into the world, making Jesus known where Christ has not been known. Recently, he's helping build a church in Bauchi where in that village there's only one Christian. <laughs> only one Christian. So we've been partnering by the grace of God. We've been sponsoring six missionaries. And these men, they don't have much. Just passion for the gospel. He was telling me, um, I think he, there was, because we were saying we want by faith to add more. I think he was telling me to swap the numbers because um, he can't reach one other pastor and it seems he has been killed. So there are people, this thing that we claim to believe, there are people that are literally laying down their lives for it. How many of us here, our grandfathers, were Christians? Okay. You know, in a way, of course, we don't inherit salvation for them. But there's a legacy of faith that we inherit from them. That their obedience to Jesus, their 
answering that call of faith. In many ways, we are enjoying it now. I want that, um, as because this is just, what, um, two weeks into the new year, I want us to redefine what ambitions, or what ambition is. Um, I'm half plateau, half delta, and honestly, I love it both. For those of you who agree, um, argue that Nigeria should split, I'm one of those that beg to not split, because I don't know where I'm going to go, you know. <laughs> um, I was born in Wari, uh, but grew up in Joss. I am, like, my father uh, was plateau, my mom, um, both parents are late. My father was from Plata State, my mom was from Delta State. But I've enjoyed both worlds, you know. I don't know if you, any, anyone grew up in, I know, I'm sure of um, Jennifer, I don't know anyone here grew up in Jos or has been in Jos. Beautiful town, beautiful city, but marred by, you know, um, ethno-religious violence. But here's the thing, you know, growing up in Jos, um, as I, I started to see that, and I'm not even trying to insult, my people are not necessarily ambitious people. And you know, being a half Isoko and being born in Wari, there's still that waffy thing inside me, do you understand? So I eat starch, I eat all of those things. Like, but I can see on one side, my, there's this hustling mentality, do you understand? And on this side, they're just chill. They're just, um, there's this tumultuous thing that is going on inside of me. I don't, for, I don't know why, the mid, most people in the Middle Belt are not as ambitious as people in the South. I don't know why. But I can tell you, I was just having a conversation with Jennifer, and she was telling me that it was until she left Joss, she knew she was, I'm sorry, a local champion. And do you know Joss City is filled with so much talent? We produce MI. We produce, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> So many A-list Nigerian celebrities, just, but they all had to leave Joss City. I don't know why. I, mean, I had to leave at some point. <laughs> I love that city so much, but there's just something about it. And I don't know why. I've been, I learned something recently about ep epigenetics. I don't know if anybody has heard about that. But basically, um, it's a study of how um, trauma or certain things are passed down from our forebears, our, our, our forefathers. So um, they tested, um, there was a study where they tested um, prisoners of war, I think from, um, I think the Second World War or something. They tested the children um, and saw that the children of the people that survived um, war prisons, right, they died earlier than people that their fathers were just normal civilians. And they were suggesting, is it possible that trauma was passed down? So, you know, there's that study that is scientific, but we Pentecostals, there's this teaching that we hear about um, soul ties, blood ties, do you understand? We can't, so my Pentecostal charismatic mind, I'm saying, is, is it possible do you understand? That we've known this, but we're kind of ignoring it. Is, it. is it possible? I don't know. But it seems that there's some trauma passed down. Sometimes we see, um, and I've not even started. Sir, you could time me. But I, I was leading somewhere. Is it because I see many of us don't become everything that the Lord has called us to be and become 
possibly because of culture, our environment, and the traumas or whatever teaching or truths that has been passed down to us. Thank you, sir. Has been passed down to us. So, um, for instance, if you grew up in the south, southern part, everybody is more, do you understand? Everybody's trying to achieve something, right? Um, in Ekiti, I heard that every house has a PhD. Like, if you come out, come with a PhD. <laughs> what a, do you understand? It's like, uh -huh. But I trust me, it's a, it will be a big deal in, if you're from Plateau State. Or I'm even sure if you're from the Middle Belt. I, I, I honestly cannot just tell why. Um, for many of us, we've inherited trauma, pain, or even going through pain, right, that we need to deal with before we become everything that God has called us to be. And we're just going to pray for about two minutes. We, um, we've been fasting, we're doing it 21 day fast. We fasted, um, we prayed yesterday, and one of the things I was, the Lord led me to lead in prayer was, we should do away with all bitterness and offense. Now, people will hurt you. Pain is sure to come. Offense is sure to come. But it, it, be, it turns to bitterness and hatred when we allow it fester. And let me tell you something. The enemy knows that he cannot have your soul. So he will do everything to make the child of God become less than. So if you allow offense fester into bitterness, you've given him a foothold. And if you give him a foothold, he will build a castle. So when Paul was telling us that we should take thoughts captive, I loved the confessions that Pastor Martin said we should read. We have the mind of Christ. Paul said, um, was telling the Corinthians to take thoughts captive. Do you know what it means to be a captive? It is not start negotiating with the enemy. You have to take thoughts captive. If you, if you screen your thoughts and you see anything that does not match in obedience of Christ, you are to take it captive. And Paul said we should, what, punish it. He said we should punish it. So for many of us, I don't know, from a hurt relationship, from trauma from your childhood of your parents telling you you will never be anything, some of them calling you ugly, that you will never amount to anything, it will be trauma from secondary school. I want that the Lord will free us from it this morning before we go into the rest of the year. Amen. Amen. Can you just bow your heads and just pray for yourself? I want you to say, Lord, I have the mind of Christ. Just pray over yourself and prophesy over yourself this morning. And I want you to be free from all offense, all shame, all guilt, all bitterness, and all hatred. You have suffered too much. You're carrying this weight that doesn't belong to you. Can you drop it at the feet of Jesus Christ this morning? And just pray over yourself. Just pray over yourself. I hear some of you saying, but they have not apologized. They may never apologize. I want you to become everything that the Lord has called you to become. Some of you are saying, I need closure. Closure is often ex um, overrated. I want you to lay everything at the feet of Jesus this morning. Just lay everything at the feet of Jesus this morning. And say, Lord, heal me. Heal me. Heal me. Heal me, O oh Lord. Heal me, Lord. 
Just 30 more seconds, 30 more seconds. Just say, Lord, heal me. Heal me, heal me. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, thank you for your children. We pray for healing in the mighty name of Jesus. Do you know why I said we should do this? Because ambitions is a, is a good word. We can see it in the Bible. And I believe that the children of God should be ambitious. But often we define and outline our ambition because, and we define our ambition from our pain. So you want to be wealthy to show off. You want to marry a particular kind of person to show that, do you understand? You want to um, drive the latest type, a particular type of car. Not because you enjoy it, you want to show that. I have made it. Shea, you say I will never make it. And you don't enjoy the blessings of God in its fullness. If, all your, if your ambitions are defined from your point of trauma and pain. So I wanted us to start this series in the tribe Abuja. As many of us are defining um, our goals for the year and resolutions. You know, um, this is the time James are making so much money. Um, <laughs> I've given up um, because, I don't know, I'm married, like, my, I, no, sorry, like, no, I, I, I was doing six parks before, so that, do you understand, but now it's amusement park, but I'm fine. I, I, I don't care, Eva is trying to complain, I'm like, shh, anyway. That's by the way. I'm saying that many of us have goals. Um, we, we aspire for so many things. And it's very possible. So many of us here do not even have because you're like, I've been writing resolutions for the past few years. And do you understand? Some of us have extended this thinking to even prophecy. So when we stand here and the pastor says, I believe that this is what the Lord wants to do for us this year. And you're like... <laughs> you said last year will be our year though. <laughs> like, it wasn't, so what are you saying? But children of God, listen, Paul was making an argument for prophecy. He said, prophecy builds the church. The, uh, speaking in tongue edifies and builds us. He said, but prophecy builds the church. Let me tell us, now prophecy, particularly Africa, has become so modeled that sometimes there's no, it's almost like it's a babalawo preaching. Like, was, prophecy is not about, I know you're, I know you're ATM pin. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. Prophecy primarily is revealing the will and the heart of God. Yeah. Amen. Prophecy is not fortune telling. Hallelujah. So when, the, uh, when we stand here as a community and we say, Lord, we want to know your will for the rest of the year, we, are, uh, that's, we, 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 we move at the sound of that prophetic. And now, for some of you, you may have been burnt by prophecy. You may have been abused by it from some communities or, or some, maybe your former church or a former minister or you know, somebody came and said, thus says the Lord, you're, you're, you're my wife. And you know. <laughs> You've, it happened now. So many of us don't want to hear prophecy anymore. We don't want to hear prophecy anymore. But Paul says we should not despise prophecy. I believe that in addition to praying that we are a prophetic tribe, we should pray to be a discerning tribe. Hallelujah. Let me give you an 
excellent test, a first test. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If someone comes and says, Thus says the Lord, thou art my wife. If it doesn't resemble Jesus Christ, no spiritual title, senior prophetic title, um, apostle should move you. Are you with me? But I want us to um, long for the prophetic. Why? Because it builds us. Imagine if I come to church today and I just say, I feel, for example, I feel the Lord tells you to start building a prayer life culture because of something. And I think I'm talking to you. You should build a prayer culture because of something that is going on in your life. They should go back to prayer. That edifies you. That you, do you understand? It's not about, I know what you did last night. Mm -mm. That's some Dr. Strange thing, or Pastor Strange. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Tribe Abuja is tired of me. Sorry, if you hear dad jokes sprinkled throughout, just thank you. I, our baby is seven months old, so um, I have the license to do dad jokes. Okay. So, ambitions, right? We ought to be ambitious. And what does that mean? I believe it's, my, for, for me, um, an ambition, if you check the dictionary, is a strong desire, a strong urge to succeed at something, to excel at something, right? I believe that we must be as ambitious as God is ambitious. Are you with me? That we, um, Pastor Martins, when he was saying the confessions, he was saying we have the mind of Christ. Do you know what the mind of Christ is? The mind of Christ is that the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. The mind of Christ is that this gospel will be known in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. And this is not even a New Testament thing. It's not Jesus. It's not something Jesus just came up with. Right from the beginning, Jesus, um, the Lord told, God told Adam, be fruitful and multiply. Have dominion over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. Right from the beginning, God wanted Adam to have his vision for the world. From Adam, we moved to Abraham and God told Abraham that what? You'll be a father of many nations. If you were to count his direct lineage for Abraham, it is just 14 nations that came from Abraham. But how then will he be the father of many nations? Paul explained this in the book of Romans when he says that when we believe we are, um, we are called, we are now Abraham's children. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's how Abraham becomes the father of many nations. Then prophecy is punctuated with God's heart for the nations. Isaiah 49.6, it is too light a thing that you will unite the tribe of Israel, but I will make you a light to the Gentiles. Isaiah 60, and uh, the, arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Nations will come to the brightness of your rising. Amen. Amen. The goal is for nations. So I think that was mentioned in the confessions as well. The goal is for nations. The goal is for nations. We should, our mind should be as big as God. We don't serve a small God. Hallelujah. Amen. We don't serve a small God. So often I feel we need to move from these small prayers of, Lord, can you just meet my rent again? Lord, how far this um, car battery? You know, <laughs> sorry, these are practical things now we go to. 
we need to start praying bigger prayers. Hallelujah. The prayer is for nations. When you say, I have the mind of Christ, Christ's mind is that the whole earth will be full of his glory. Hallelujah. So, Apostle John, they call him, some people call him um, Apostle of the Apocalypse. He, he, the Lord um, transports him into his presence and in Revelation 5, he sees this, he sees a multitude of people. He says every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every creed that they are gathering and they are worshipping God. Is it not interesting that in a way our identities are still maintained? Because every tribe, how is he able to distinguish? I just wanted to point that out. But God's ambition is for the nations, is for all peoples to know his name and to experience his love and his truth. Hallelujah. As you define your ambitions, you know, one of the things I've been teaching at the tribe as well is wealth has a purpose. Wealth has a purpose for us children of God. There's nowhere that we see that um, wealth is criticized. Rather, we're encouraged to work with our hands. You know, God does not work with lazy people. God wants to work with people and that, that people, uh, people that will see themselves as conduits. Because the Lord told Abraham that it's through you I'll bless the nations. That should be our same testimony. Think of all... Um, you know, the, the beautiful thing about obedience, you cannot measure it by any metric, the, the fruit of obedience by any metric. I, I mentioned that how many of us um, had grandparents that were Christians because we are enjoying so many things out of their obedience. And think of the many things that happen out of the obedience of the saints. And you, your obedience to God is primary. Pastor Martin's confession was kind of like my message because he said, it's not about you. Or let me say, it's not just about you. Our obedience to God's ambition is not just about us. Often we say, how will this be done? But the Lord is saying, if you just take this next step, I will make you a conduit. I will make you a pipeline of blessing. So for many of you, the Lord has been telling you to do one thing or the other. But you'll be hearing a knock and you're pressing number busy. God will be calling and you're turning away from him. The tribe Lagos, it's time to step into obedience. Hallelujah. When we make confessions like I have the mind of Christ and nations come to me, we must move in that direction of obedience and direction of instruction. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've seen ambitious people in all of history from a man in the Bible called um, Nimrod who founded a city that um, we are told started the Tower of Babel, right? And their ambition was what? They wanted to build something until they meet God. Genesis 11, 6, the Bible tells us that Jesus, God came down and said, if we don't let these people, anything they put in their mind to accomplish, anything. They had an ambition, but was perverted. So sin had perverted their ambition. And trust me, you don't want to climb the ladder of success and realize you're on the wrong building. Many of us need to start well. Amen. So from Nimrod's Babel to Napoleon who wanted to conquer Europe to Adolf Hitler who said that they are going to build um, 
that the, the, the Reich would last a thousand years. Where is he now? To the British Empire who said they want to build an empire that where the sun will never set. To um, Genghis Khan at some point who we are told ruled 25% of the earth at the time and had killed 10% of the earth to accomplish his goal. We've seen ambitious people. Recently, someone announced his lifelong ambition. And um, I don't want to stare at anything. I, I'm not calling names, just, but um, it was interesting, you know, that word. It was interesting, and many of us reacted to it. Anyway, I know some of you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to say more than that. <laughs> but it was interesting, that phrase, and it haunted me. Like, wow. But for the children of God, I believe the Lord is calling us to step into God-like dimensions where we are no longer um, pressed down by our past pain, past trauma, past pain, um, past pain, past trauma, past hurts. Amen. But now that we are free from that and we are healed and we start to define our view of life, view of money, view of ministry from the place of Jesus. Hallelujah. So often we define marriages be, um, comparing to others. We, do, we, want our, we measure our, our, our hustle or our, our ambitions for wealth comparing it to others. But try, the Lord wants us to redefine ambition. And now that God is calling you to step into blessing or whatever business or entrepreneurship, because he wants to arm you with wealth so that you can advance the kingdom of God. Imagine if we are able to build as many churches as we can in deep in the north. How many northerners are here? Anybody from the north? Are you a northerner? You're not a northerner. But, oh, anyone lived in the north here? Or middle belt? No, you passed it. <laughs> okay. <sighs> the north is a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. And just, I just, I, I find I always have to say this. We are not all Hausa. Please. We are not all Hausa. Amen. Thank you. I, I found that I always had to say this. But guys, imagine if the Lord blesses us and we're able to help these missionaries, right? Build churches, build communities, arm them with Bibles, arm them with provision that their children were sponsoring them in school. Do you know their school fees is not much? They don't need much. The other day, my friend was telling me in his church that um, they raised 150,000 to buy a bike for one of the missionaries. And that's, that buying that bike changed his ministry. Some of us blow that in a week. Honestly, I'm not even trying to condemn anything. I'm just saying that we must redefine our ambitions. We must have a holy ambition. Everybody say it with me. Holy ambition. ambition. Where you see your marriage, not just um, as, as, as a means of pleasure and procreation, but you're seeing it as God using you to raise godly seed. Amen. Where the Lord is calling you to build a business empire, not just because you can be on Forbes list. How many of us know you can pay your way to Forbes list? We know, right? We saw someone that is no longer on the... Anyway. <laughs> 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 I 
You can pay your way into any of these lists. It's not about that for us. God wants to arm us with wealth, I believe, to advance the gospel, to advance his cause. Glory to God. So our dreams, our visions must be as big as God. God wants to fill the earth. It's to the ends of the earth. Psalm 2 verse 8, he says, My son, ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your heritage. And I'll give you the earth as your inheritance. Your prayers are too small. If all we think about is, God, give me rent. Give me. I'm not saying don't ask for these things. But I'm saying they are too small. We need to ask for the nations. I used to think that it was too proud. You know, you know when you hear Muhammad Ali talk, it feels like he's a proud person. But his talk matched his walk. I be his walk matches talk. Anyone? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? These people, how is it? Even God was now, Jesus was telling, he said, the children of the world, they are wiser. Do you know that needs to offend me? How, Lord? How is it that they are wiser? But they've discovered something. They've tapped, many of them have tapped into things. Tell me, why is it that the billionaires of the world are trying to all leave earth? <laughs> From Elon to Bezos to, what's the virgin guy's name? Branson. Branson. They've, they've done what they can do. They are now splurging on um, attempting interplanetary travel. And to be honest, it's not, I admire that level of courage and ambition, right? But why, are, why is the church so timid? Why are we cowering in fear and hiding? How comes? These people are achieving great leaps and bounds. For goodness sake, Elon is, I almost said pastorate. He's, um, he's the CEO of three companies. And it's not just those companies, the type that we're just putting in our bios. Like, he's actively being the chief executive officer. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you get I really, the tribe Lagos, what, and by the grace of God, I really believe that this year, when we gather, do you know church is not a social gathering? I was telling the tribe Abuja yesterday that I'm not interested in just us gathering and going after two hours because the Rotary Club does that, Jet Club does that, Press Club does that, so we are not just, we are not a club. This is a strategy meeting. Do you understand? Jesus said that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Is it not interesting that 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 is not a defensive statement? He's saying I will, it's, it's more offensive. It's a military, it was military speech. It was military talk. So often we're always praying God save me. God save me. God save me. God help me. Meanwhile, you're supposed to be praying God save them. Because we are coming. Amen. So, I want us to have a holy ambition. An ambition that is birthed from God. That is not defined by pain. That is not defined by competition and comparison. That is not defined from our trauma. Amen. 
And secondly, I want us to have uh, holy violence. So Jesus said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. Right? And they take it, and the violent words, they take it, they take it by force. Amen. As much as Africa is obsessed with generational causes, I want us to be obsessed with generational blessings. Martin Luther King has this great sermon called the Drum Major Instinct. And he talks about how um, people want the biggest cars, the finest houses, and all of that. I encourage you to look for a Drum Major Instinct. But he said, how, how about we're ambitious for things like to be the best person that loves, the kindest person, right? How, be, how, how about we're ambitious for justice? All these things, not just so that we can keep up with, um, I want to say Joneses, but the one that came to my mind is the popular one. <laughs> Sorry. You get, uh, so that, I'll say Joneses, I'll not say this at all. So that we don't, we're not keeping up with the Joneses. How... <laughs> So who, whose family are we going to use? I don't know. I'm not going to call names because I don't want to be in trouble. Here's the thing, guys. Um, I want them, Martin Luther said, for those who love, that those who love peace must be as organized, if not more, than those who love war. The violence take it by force. For many of you, you're coming from a place a traumatic place where your family split. Um, unfortunately, uh, when, my, when my mom passed when I was five, about um, 26 years ago, uh, my father married again. And my first stepmother, they were married for about seven, eight years. And one day she packed up and she left. That traumatized our family. But we later discovered that this woman was evil. She was manipulating us. There was jazz. Um, because I was in secondary school then, my father told me that they found, you know this Bako Supasak? Yeah. They found almost full of jazz. Do you know my sister before, you'll be talking to her, she'll fall and slum. We went to all the hospitals. They said she has cancer, she, she has a hole in her heart, different things. We went to a pastor, he prayed. My sister is married now with two children. She has not had that episode. I had to heal from that experience for me to get married. My sister had to heal as well before she could get married. I had to change my definition of marriage and what a happy home looks like from the point of God because I had vowed, trust me, if not that the Lord arrested me. Like one of my closest friends is here now, Percy. Percy used to say that he thought I was an atheist. I had this experience, so I had vowed that Man, I'm just going to play. I'm just going to play. At best, I'll get somebody knocked up and she'll have my kid. And um, I don't care about, do you understand, making a vow to somebody for the rest of my life. We must change. We must, for us, the redeemed of God, for, for, for us that now know God and love God and serve God, many of these things must have a new definition. Amen. Many of these things must have a new definition. Many of us need to heal from past experiences before we get into the next one. 
And you now have to start defining what a happy home looks like, what wealth looks like, what um, partnering with your local assembly looks like. Heal from your former heart and now start having holy ambitions. Amen. And listen, I know some of us, we may hear that um, some people may say this thing about your dreaming too big is a lie. Dream as big as God. Tell yourself you have a great marriage. Tell yourself you have a godly home. Amen. Amen. Speak things that God has said about you. It is not being proud. Glory to God. Glory to God. And since it's the beginning of the year, I want to give us some steps that we are going to use to get that. And honestly, it's going to be nothing new. But I really hope that we follow this. So, first things first. Number one, pray first. Everyone say pray first. Prayer is primarily communication with the Father. So, you are interacting with your dad. Hallelujah. Where it is not a one-way street of you knocking on heaven's door but is you interacting with your dad. We are told now that we are priests and we can enter the throne of grace as we will. Amen. Amen. It says we should um, approach the throne of grace with um, boldness, right? So prayer primarily is like always pray. We are told to pray, to be unseasoned in prayer. The first thing you wake up in the morning should not be checking is your notifications. Cultivate this habit of seeking first the kingdom of God. Who said it was you? Pastor John or Pastor Martins? Seeking first the kingdom of God. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing will be added unto you. The preceding verses talks about how, is it, I mean, why, why do you worry? Why are you anxious? How has worry and anxiety added to what you're looking for? He says, the thing you are chasing, the Gentiles check out, chase after you. So what's the difference between you and the Gentiles? He says, rather, seek first the kingdom of God. He says, your heavenly father knows that you need these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need to pay your school fees, need to pay your rent. He says, rather, I want your vision to be higher. So seek first, seek God first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Then these things that you're disturbing God about, he says, he will add them to you. Hallelujah. Seek first, pray first. Then secondly, I want you to serve first. So in the kingdom of God, um, there's a story in the New Testament in one of the gospels where the mother of James and John, she approaches Jesus. And I I imagine that uh, Middle Eastern mothers are like African mothers because these guys have probably been following Jesus for about two years. They probably had promising career and they are following this former carpenter that now calls himself a rabbi. Do you understand? And it seems like it's not promising. So she now approaches Jesus and tells Jesus that, can these my two sons, they've said they want to follow you. Can they sit at your right hand and your left hand? And Jesus tells her, you don't know what you're asking for. He says, in the kingdom, it's the opposite. That the first shall be last. And to be great in the kingdom, you have to be least. In, in, in 2022, in a time where we are called to push our brand to appear more than we are, that um, in a time where you're not allowed to, people to step on you, 
right? How you go allow that babe talk to you like this? Ah, you know, no say you be man. Oh, you know, any of those things that prove that you have to be great or act great. Jesus is saying, if you want to be great, you have to serve. So for all, how I define this is now, you need to learn how to serve your wife, your husband, serve in your local assembly. Please, I want to say this here, that the church doesn't, um, Pastor John, how many minutes do I have? The church, the church should, is not, is not um, a game where we are called to be spectators. We are called to participate. Hallelujah. So partner in service in the tribe, Lagos. Support Pastor Freddie and Pastor John by giving your time, your treasure, by being part of what the Lord is doing here. Pray first, serve first. Amen. Then the last thing I want to say is love first. And that's the greatest thing. Thank you. That's the greatest thing. Love first. Everyone say love first. Love Love is the greatest of this. Hallelujah. So as you go into the year, and as many of you are seeking to change your habits or change your career or writing career goals, I know, I, I, I feel like some of you need to go back to the list you wrote at the beginning of the year and now read it through, write it through the lens of Christ. Right? You need to love first. This goal I'm setting, this thing I'm setting, how does it show the love of Christ? Or are we just going to build our lives from pain, bitterness, hurts, and offense? We must love first. Love is not an emotion. We decide to love. Amen. Amen. Love is not an emotion. You wake up and you choose to love. Glory to God. Tribal Ghost, I've not lost anyone, yeah? Please, am I making sense? Yes. Okay. That's what I'm going to leave with you guys. Seek first, pray first, serve first, and what? Love first, which is the most important thing. When we deal with these things, understand that there's a fast coming up, right? Yeah. Please use this fast, like maximize it. For many of you who have not fasted in a while, challenge yourself to fast and pray. Fasting does not impress God. It is more for you. It is you saying, Lord, I want to use this period of time to consecrate myself. Amen. So as we are talking about holy ambition and holy violence, we are saying before we go into the rest of the year, we are dedicating this period of time in fasting and prayer to consecrate ourselves. What does consecration mean? It means to separate ourselves unto God. Amen. So um, fasting... You may have to fast from alcohol. Amen. Amen. Uh-uh. <laughs> Tribe Lagos. <laughs> Why was the amen like that? <laughs> you may have to fast from alcohol. You may have to fast from entertainment. You may have to fast from TikTok. You may have to fast from social media. You may have to fast from Netflix. All these things is not because they are necessarily evil. It's because... That period of time, there are distractions. And you may have to fast from food. Food is you telling your body to obey you. I mean, fasting, like, if you're going to do food, you're 
I'm, I need you to obey me. And today is day what? Day. No, no, no. I mean in our own fasts. Today is day six or seven. Anyway, we've been doing, um, we've done seven of the 21 day fasts now. And um, I really want to encourage you. I know somebody is struggling here. I'm talking to you. I just, as I said, someone is struggling. There was one lady that touched the back of her ear. I'm not going to point her. And she looked away from me. It's you particularly <laughs> I'm talking to. <laughs> okay, I'm having fun here. This home. Okay, can we rise, please? Let us rise. Please, did this, did this make sense? Did it bless you? I want you to just, um, the prayer that Pastor Martin's prayed, we're going to start with those two things. Okay, let's start like this. For the benefit of the persons that were not here earlier, let's just pray for healing again. I don't want you to go into the rest of 2022 from a place of trauma. Listen to me. The enemy demonizes our trauma. The enemy demonizes our pain and we are not going to give room for that anymore. Amen. We are not called to... The church, we, we, we've been praying all these um, please God, please God, please God prayers for too much. Now, let us just start say, Lord, heal me. Just heal me whatever it is that has been hurting you for the past. Some of you have been bearing these burdens for the past five, ten years from your childhood. But just pray for healing this morning. Come on, tribe Lagos, open your mouth. Just say, Lord, heal me. Lord, heal me. Lord, heal me. For many of you, you're dealing with timidity because they may have told you that you will never become anything. So you don't aspire for much. I want you, I want the Lord to heal you from that spirit of timidity. Open your mouth, try. we bless your name brakada desh to kole de de da 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 de prakoshto sotala da 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 ele koshto sotra da 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 desh to kolia brada da 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 I believe the Lord wants us to just stay on this for a few more minutes because if we claim to have the mind of Christ and if the Lord is telling us to ask for the nations we must have the mind of Christ whatever you've lost in the past year whatever you've gained in the past year there is new grounds to be conquered there are new territories to take and ask for the mind of victory as for the mind of Christ in Jesus name we pray very quickly can we open first Chronicles 4 9 and 10 
So, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you will bless me and enlarge my territory, and that your right hand, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. Hallelujah. We're told that the Hebrew word for pain closely resembles this name Jabez. It's either um, the Hebrew is word for pain is Jabez or it means to cause pain. So for whatever reason, I don't know if her, her, her delivery process was more painful than it usually is, but she named him after her experience. And it seems that that name followed him and he was fed up. And he cried to the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you will bless me. Enlarge my territory. Everyone say, enlarge my territory. And we're going to pray for three things. We'll pray that the Lord will enlarge our impact, enlarge our influence, and enlarge opportunities. Hallelujah. God can change our stories. Some of you may not be carrying the name of pain, but you are carrying around that pain and it's making you less than. Listen, he says, and God granted what he asked. Amen. We are no longer going to be defined by what someone did to us. A past experience in the mighty name of Jesus. Open your mouth, tribe Lagos. Open your mouth, tribe Lagos. Say, Lord, change my story. Enlarge my borders. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge my borders. Enlarge my territory. Let me become everything that you've called me to be. I will not be anything less. My marriage will be great. My business will be great. I will raise a godly home. I will raise godly children. Open your mouth. I don't know what your past experience has been like, but I know you can now start to define your life through the lens of Christ, through Jesus Christ. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on the Tribe Lagos. God bless.